All right. So on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast today, we have Coach Zalatri. Coach, welcome to the podcast. I really appreciate uh, you having me on. Uh, sort of a interesting way, um, you know, connection-wise that that we had. So um, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's the first. You're the first guest that a doctor has recommended to come on, Coach. So it's like doctor's orders. Bring on Coach Coach Zalatri. You know. How about it? <laughs> Yeah, so our mutual friend is Dr. David Faber, and he's an avid listener. He act, he he texts me and stuff, and I'm thinking, what? He's a doctor. He has much better things he could do with his time, you, you know? Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Coach, please give a little background about yourself, and then we'll, we'll rock and roll from there. Well, I've been a football coach for 25 years and um, also coached a lot of wrestling over my time. And education. I graduated from Lock Haven University in 1997, immediately began coaching a couple of small schools here in central Pennsylvania, uh, Glendale High School, coached some wrestling at uh, West Branch and Machina Valley, which is my alma mater. Um, then uh, was able to move on to Corey High School in Erie County, where I was an assistant for two years and then became the head coach in 2002. Uh, I was there for 11 years and I was fortunate to get back closer to home and I'm currently going to start my 10th season as the head football coach in Hollidaysburg. I'm also the full-time athletic director at Hollidaysburg. Also at Corey, I was the athletic director, uh, taught three or four preps a day in health and phys ed and driver's ed. So um, that's a little bit of my background. That's awesome. Coach, you have you have been at places for a long time. Talk a little bit about that. Is that something you planned on doing? Has it just worked out that way? I just find that to be awesome because my story is not not like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got to Corey in 2000. Um, I worked under John Wilson, who was a great, um, you know, great head football coach there for a number of years, I think 11 years prior and took a couple years to get established, uh, you know, not being from from Corey, uh, sometimes it's difficult when you go somewhere else that you're not from to really have to uh, get a lot of people to buy into what you're doing. And you know, after a few years, we we really had started having some success. Saw a lot of um, a lot of things happening that were great in the school district and with the football program. And you know, just end up staying there. Probably could have maybe stayed there as long as I wanted, but. You know, the, the thoughts of getting back home closer to my wife and I are from this area to Hollidaysburg, about 40 minutes away. And, you know, thoughts of always getting back home and being near family to have my grandparents, our grandparents watch um, our kids grow up. We have four children, Paul and I do. And, uh, you know, so that was really important to us because we know, you know, they were going to get a little older and it, it, it's tough not, you know, being three and a half hours away from family. It was uh, difficult at times, but, um, you know, really look forward to getting back this way at Holidaysburg and have been here for 10 years now and, and, and things are starting to go pr pretty well after, you know, again, uh, building a program the way you want it and, and getting it to a point where, you know, mm -hmm. continual success is happening. Yeah. Talk about that process. How did you get it to where you have it now? What did you start with? How did you, how did you start, start doing that coach? Yeah, and Corey, it was it was difficult. I was a young guy that you know learned a lot in the first couple of years as a coach. And you come in, you think I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this different, I'm going to do all these things that are 
um, you know, the way you want it to, to be done. And then, you know, the second part of that is like the kids looking at you like, well, we, we this is not how we always did it. You know, mm -hmm. some of the traditions would go away and uh, it took some time to get people to understand uh, people not to get upset with you because you change a tradition uh, and different things like that was some of the most challenging things um, in that process. But, you know, one uh, coach uh, would always say to me, you know, just stick with what you believe in. And, you know, and if you do those things that you believe in, you get other people to, you know, buy in, to believe in what you're doing, uh, you know, successes will come. You're going to probably fail. Like Joe Paterno was one that would always say, you know, you're going to, you're going to fail before you succeed. So, so knowing that that was going to happen, if you just keep sticking to your gun, so to speak, um, you know, when I was at Corey, Lou Tepper was a big influence on me. Um, he was head coach at Illinois in the nineties and he was a head coach at Edinburgh down the road from Corey. So mm -hmm. we'd have some good discussions back then when he was the head coach and, you know, he was a, a big influence on, on my young coaching career. And then, you know, things just sort of fell in place with, you know, just follow your, believe in your philosophy and, and you keep doing what you're doing. Hmm. So when you say do, do things that you believe in, what are your, your bedrock principles? What do you believe in as a, as a football coach? Yeah, so our three core values are three principles. And we, we only have three rules and we tell them everything is going to fall into one of these three. And hmm. well, number one, uh, doing what's right all the time, regardless of the situation. So, you know, no, no matter if you're, you're home with your family, you're in class, you're on the field, uh, whatever you're asked to do, uh, you just do the right thing. And there's going to be a number of times in your life where you come to, you know, a winder road and, you know, the right things to the left or, you know, the wrong things to the right. And, you know, that's a big, big uh, core principle. And regardless of the situation, situation um, is, uh, is real, real important. So, um, you know, if they're with their buddies, are they going to do the right thing? Um, you know, if, if, the, if the game is a blowout, are you going to do the right thing? Or uh, if you're up by 35 or, or you know, we the direction there, if it's a tight game, the game's on the line, you know, just in regards to the situation, the pressure of it, uh, do the right thing. The second thing is respecting everyone. If you respect your teammates, coaches, uh, and you, you obviously, if you're doing that, you're going to believe in what they're saying, not question what they're saying. If there's an issue, mediate it properly by not taking it from the locker room to home, but you mediate it before you leave the, the practice facility. Um, mm -hmm. Respecting officials, uh, respecting your opponent means you're going to prepare because no matter how good or bad they are, your focus is going to be, uh, you know, preparing to respect them and to, you know, knowing that they're going to give you the best they have. And the last thing is what a lot of kids don't do these days, and that's give great effort all the time. Regardless of the situation, uh, you know, we're going to give great effort. And, and playing hard is probably one of the hardest things that we had to get kids to do. Uh, when I took over at Corey, it wasn't a great program successfully over the five years prior. And, you know, kids just weren't playing hard, I felt. And, you know, that's one thing we never accepted. And that might have been rule number one there when we started. Just play hard no matter what. I, I don't care if you're we're losing by 35, which we did a lot the first couple of years or if you're winning by 35, um, you play hard all the time when the ball snap till the whistle blows mm. in the classroom, you're, you're playing hard. You're, you're giving everything you have, regardless of the situation. I don't care if everyone else is failing the test. 
Okay, mm -hmm. you're going to still get everything you have in, on that test, no matter what. I don't care if the assignment's really hard. You get to find a way to do it. Number one, it's the right thing to do um, as well. So, you know, those three things with doing the right thing, no matter what the situation, um, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're getting a blitzing linebacker, you're supposed to step with your right foot to zone. You can't be stepping with your left foot to take the linebacker that you're not responsible for um, in, in the moment. Um, you know, given great effort, you know, the, the ball's away from me. Uh, I'm going to take a great angle. I'm going to run to the whistle blows until, you know, till he gets in the end zone until I have a chance to make that tackle. And, mm. uh, you know, respecting everyone. There, there's not going to be any kind of disrespect for a coach. Uh, mediation's important these days. No one wants to mediate right. Everyone wants to just, uh, you know, take it in and not, not express or not have discussions with the person they're having issues with, you know, whether it's a teammate or a coach. Um, or parents even at home with with some of the things that are going on there. So those are the bedrock principles. And we really feel like that's what we call the process. You know, you're doing those three things. Um, you're going to do, you know, you're going to grade out on your report in a game mm -hmm. successfully. You're mm -hmm. going to give great effort all the time. And you're going to do it with uh, respect from your teammates and your coaches because you're, you're going to get that back. Mm. Do you guys grade your your films like you give them letter grades, percentage grades? How does that how does that work for you guys? Yeah, plus or minus. I mean, you either do your job or you don't, you know, okay. that way. You know, there's some leeway with some of the things, you know, it's different positions. But mm -hmm. you know, if you're making a bad throw to the uh, to the sideline, if your back foot's not right as a quarterback and it's a bad throw, then obviously that's a, you mm -hmm. know, that's a negative. But if you make a good throw and play isn't successful, um, you know, this dropped or something happens, it's knocked down or something, you know, those kind of things are uh, by position. You know, we try to give them an idea every week of, hey, you passed or you failed at least. So is, is quarterback your position coach? I heard you go to that first. Is that your your baby? Yeah, I coach the quarterbacks in the secondary, but mostly all skill positions. That, I mean, back in 15, 16, 17, 18, I coached the line a lot. Okay. But, uh, you know, so I move around. To different different positions that's awesome you mentioned offense first talk a little bit about your offensive philosophy if, if you don't mind yeah we try to um create conflict with at least one person um, mm. on the other side of the ball um you know we were zone zone team a heavy zone team probably 80 percent zone mm. we're reading somebody on the line of scrimmage with run pass options uh mm. run run options different things like that so i mean we started tinkering around in 2004 we were one of the first teams in the erie area to do some of that stuff and you know 2005 six seven I'd, I'd take my team down to west virginia team camp and with all the stuff that was going on at west virginia at the time down there um i you know spent time with their seven on sevens and, and some of their coaches in that process to sort of develop that and then Another strong influence was uh, Matt Campbell. He was at Mount Union, and I had a kid yeah, who played yeah. at Mount Union College. Uh, Jason Candle at Toledo. Um, you know, Coach Manning, who's the offensive line coach, offense coordinator at, at uh, Iowa State also. Those guys were teammates and good friends with Jeff Goodwill, who is one of my uh, players, and then to come back to Corey and coach with me. So we use a lot of those concepts that mm. they use. Uh, really, it's a power. It's a run game. That, that works off that you know passing game works off of that and we're a big screen team uh, mm -hmm. we throw a lot of screens off of those off of that runs game mm. we were a big zone rpo team 
2018. And our issue we ran into was when people could just play man to man and they were better than you. Uh, we were in the same exact problem. Okay. So what are your answers to that? Because you've you've obviously have figured this out. You got you have a good program. What do you do to help combat that? Yeah, quarterback runs are a lot of times in screens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, like I said, we're a big screen team. So uh, the games in, when we were at Corey and Holidaysburg so far, you know, the, the teams that give us the most difficulty are those teams that can put that extra guy in there, maybe mm-hmm. account for the quarterback in the quarterback run game and still lock you down on the outside. And that those are the teams that generally would give us the most difficulty. But screens have helped. Um, you know, we use a variety of running back slow screens, and we, the receivers split screen, um, you know, to them. So a lot of times that helps either, you know, as a first down starter, um, those kind of things. And, and trying to utilize the quarterback in, in the drop back passing game, but not necessarily – design draws but if the matchup isn't there trying to get the quarterback um you know to to have a design draw play that that can maybe make a a linebacker miss or or whatever to involve him to make him a threat because you know having that quarterback that can run over the years has i think has really benefited our offense Mm. i saw you guys are really close to penn state do you ever go up there and talk to those guys i mean where the school is you're kind of not too far i guess from college from state college yeah, one of our volunteer assistants, he, he played – we had a couple guys that played at Penn State over the last probably seven years. We've had a guy on the roster over there. They're they're okay. real good to us. And I'm um, I'm also the Western PA executive manager for the State Coaches Association. Okay. Uh, but we have all of our meetings over there. Uh, so I'm very familiar with all um, all those coaches. You know, Coach Pry was a, a good a good friend of mine. And, and Michael Hazel, who's director of operations, they're mm-hmm. now at Virginia Tech. So – you know, they mm-hmm. sort of went down that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, Mike Yersich, who's the offensive coordinator now, is where I got all the screen game from. He was at Edinburgh with Lou Tepper. Oh, and, wow. Uh, and and uh, Coach Browning um, prior to going to Shippensburg. And I don't know if you know the story on Mike. He was at Shippensburg whenever he got hired by Coach Gundy down at Oklahoma State. They had a top offense at Shippensburg Division II school. Okay. He ended up getting hired from a division two school down to um, Oklahoma state and having some great success and moving to Texas and, mm-hmm. and then Penn state. So, you know, I've known Mike since he was a young 25 year old assistant, you know, coming out of college and played against him. But when he, I played at a lock he played at Cal. Mm. Yeah. It's, I feel like Pennsylvania is one of the grooming grounds for coaches. You hear guys at small college, high school college, and they just, it kind of, kind of breeds great coaches and Western Pennsylvania has a great reputation for good football. Why do you, why do you think that is? What makes that region of the country just so special? I'm not sure. I think some of the the, the players, I mean, I think we have every year Pennsylvania has a lot of draft picks uh, as mm-hmm. well. They have a lot of division one commits. Um, some of the top, you know, top couple in the state uh, or in the country, you mm-hmm. know, I like to say, you know, Pennsylvania football and, and running with the big 33 and being a part of the state coaches association. Uh, we'd like to think that, Ohio, Pennsylvania, California, Florida, like we're in the top five when it comes to uh, mm. football in general, uh, whether it's recruiting, coaching, um, those kind of things. Like we offer a lot with our coaches association, um, you know, so, you know, we've had, we've seen team guys go from high school coaches to uh, head coaches at the college level, to coordinators, to um, NFL head coaches. Um, 
um, down in Philly, um, from North Penn High School. Um, That's awesome. Coach, uh, I can't think of his name. He was a Browns coach for a couple of years. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. But he was a high school coach who went to uh, Baltimore hmm. Ravens, ended up being the coordinator there, ended up being the Cleveland Browns coach. This is sort of crazy yeah. how it happened so many times with high school coaches. You're right. Mike Pettin? Mike, Mike Pettin, yep. Uh, yep. Drawing a blank there. Yep. Mike Pettin. He, uh, he was on an ESPN show. I remember watching yeah. that. Oh. Yes, sir. Yeah, but he was a co. He was one of our directors for District One in the PSFCA oh. when I was first involved too. So uh, you know, it's pretty neat little establishment, like fraternity of coaches from Pennsylvania, and it's great to see those kind of stories. Those kind of stories happen, and even with like Mike, um, going from a, you know, he was from Ohio, Youngstown area, then ended up going to like Shippensburg, like it's one of the state schools and end up being at Oklahoma state. Like it's, it's great. There's some great stories that, that, that way. Yeah. That is awesome. Uh, yeah. It's really cool to see the evolution of coaches, man, to where you can continue to grow. Right. And that's what, one of the reasons I love doing this is to help people grow, to help people you know, become better coaches. And how do you, as an athletic director, how do you do that with your other coaches? Do you, how do you help develop them to, to be the best they can be? Yeah, I think just, you know, helping a problem solve, like the biggest thing, especially for young coaches is that, you know, they run into so many different things and sometimes it becomes overwhelming for them. Hmm. And I like to think that being around for 25 years, I've encountered a lot of things that I can provide some insight to them. You know, whether it's parent issues, um, player issues, uh, commitment issues in the offseason, um, you know, and, and doing it for so many years. And believe me, there's a lot of the coaches that, that work here at, at Holidaysburg that have been coaching a lot more than me, too. But, you know, we can learn from each other. And it is a big network. You know, we try to be there for each other. You know, we try to structure things where, you know, where that's possible. Um, you know, they know my phone is always available for them. I'm not going to not answer their call, even if it's 1030 at night and they're on the bus and something's going on. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just being a good communicator and, and hearing them out a lot of times and just providing a little bit of insight or opinion a lot of time can help them form their decisions to help them, you know, make, you know, make the right thing for what their program, because their program is not like mine. Like, mm -hmm. you know, all the programs are different. Uh, we all encounter different things that happen. And I think just, um, you know, having that stability um, of, of coaches, we have a lot of coaches with longevity now here, you know, I'm, I'm in my 10th year, but good majority of most all the other coaches are the same longevity as mine or longer here. So, you know, that's a good sign of health, health too, for an athletic program. Mm, absolutely. What, what, what do you think attributes to that at, at your school? What makes people want to stay for, for a while? Uh, there's a lot of support for the administration, um, you know, in the school board. We have, uh, you know, they, they they allow us to have great facilities. We host a lot of the District 6, this area's uh, playoff games. So our facilities are top of the line. I mean, we we win. Uh, you know, we have five to eight district titles every year. Our soccer programs are tremendous. We compete well at the state level um, in all sports. Um, you know, girls basketball had a, a sweet 16 appearance this year. You know, we're a couple of years removed football wise from state quarterfinal appearances. 
our mm-hmm. soccer team you know does well or, or we have state qualifiers in cross country every year track every year wrestling so you know i think success helps that as well mm-hmm. um you know like i said there's a lot of support from our booster groups that, that do a great job with supporting the kids um you know facilities you know management of of you know of those facilities and given all of them the opportunities year-round you know with the weight facility uh different programs um, I think all that plays into success. That's so cool, Coach. So, Coach, talk about your defensive philosophy a little bit. How does that mesh with your offensive defensive philosophy? Yeah, multiple is is what we like to say. I mean, offensively, we're very multiple, you know, with different packages and, and be able to run, you know, those same plays out of those same personnel packages and um, with with how that goes. And defense the same way. Like, we're game planning-wise – you know, we're multiple enough where we could be three, four, we can be four, four, we can be four, two, five with just, you know, personnel change or here. We're trying to get into um, less personnel packages with mm-hmm. more formations um, kind of thing. Like in the past, if we'd play some of the better teams, like if we if we would uh, bring a backer out and bring a secondary player in, um, they knew what we were doing. You know, we're trying to get to the, the the part where we can keep those 11 guys on the field and play multiple personalities um, when those defenses are. That takes uh, some difficulty because you have to have that defensive end that can play down, but then be mm-hmm. good enough to step off and play the outside linebacker or mm-hmm. a linebacker that can play down in the box on the weak side, but still play too high, you know, mm-hmm. weak safety, be able to have a, a guy that can, can cover and be down in the box or off the edge or so you know we're trying to work on that um those those parts um you know in advance of what we do but multiple is a a good way to to describe it on both sides um you know with blitz packages uh with personnel with fronts that they're going to see with movements um you know a lot of that started back when we were when we were at Corey high school a couple guys that are with me now here um you know, we didn't have a guy over 190 pounds sometimes on defense or offense. Jeez. So we were working with some small guys that we needed to do multiple things with. And basically, we need to keep them guessing. We weren't in a position to sit there and let the offense run whatever they wanted because we were going to get mauled. And, and, you know, we did early until we started going to, you know, when we had the smaller guys, we went to a slanting front. So that allowed us to do that. Um, you know, when you have bigger guys, you can sit in there like in 2016, 17, 18, we had bigger guys that we could take up a lot of space and force things to go to the outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, we played more of an umbrella type thing to make to make it to make it bounce. Mm-hmm. And so you, being multiple, you can do that not year to year, but you can do that game to game based on what you're facing. So that that was our philosophy, um, you know, defensively on that, and, you know, special teams wise we're a big special teams team. We work on it a lot. We've, we've had a tradition of great kickers. We have a number one kicker in the, as a junior right now in Pennsylvania. We had one just leaving Penn State. So special teams is a huge factor in both of what we do defensively and offensively. Trying, you know, our, our first thing we talk about is the short field. Like we want a short field for our offense and we want to make them uh, our de- give our give our defense a long field to defend. So mm-hmm. special teams really spins off of that a lot, um, you know, kicking the ball in the end zone or, or getting them inside the 20 sometimes with, with a high kick that with coverage, 
punt team, punt return game is important. Kickoff return the game is important. We think we've done probably just as good of a job on special teams, if not better than offense and defense the last couple of years, which has helped mm. us um, really shape what we do. Mm. That's awesome. Is there something this off season that you've really tried to study and become better at? Is there one thing that you've been like, oh, I need to be better at this. So I've studied blank or if not, that's fine too. Yeah. I mean, I think the big play thing is a, is a, um, you know, both sides of the ball, like what, wh- where are we, where are we getting our big plays? Mm. And where are we giving up our big plays? Like what, what what's the, what's the uh, common factor in success and failure on, on both sides of the ball and mm. even on special teams <clears throat> and trying to narrow that down. Like what's what, why we, you know, when we give up big plays, what is that? What is the main factor? Is it tackling? Mm-hmm. You know, is it, um, you know, getting beat deep uh, on a deep ball in zone? Is it getting beat in man? Like what, what are, what are those things that cause you to give up that 20 plus yard play? Because, you know, we know all those coaches and, you know, a fact that's all years ago at the state football or the national AFCA convention is, you know, if you're giving up a 20 yard play, there's an 83% chance that that team is going to score. Mm. If you're not giving up uh, big plays, then you're making them work for it. You know, in high, in high school football, if you, you don't see that 12, 14, 16 play drive happen, I mean, mm. They're high school kids that, you know, we know they, they make mistakes. It's difficult even as an offensive coach to know, okay, somewhere along the lines, we got to get a big play here because it's going to be tough, especially when you get in the red zone um, and the game gets a little faster and you don't have faster guys. Like we talked mm-hmm. about with getting, you know, the, you can probably look back at what you mentioned and we feel the same way is, you know, we can compete. 20 to 20 with team that mm. with anybody but then when you're playing the teams that are, are personnel better than you mm-hmm. uh by far better than you sometimes once you get there you're like oh no you know you're digging and digging yeah. so you have a difficult time finding that success versus those better teams um in the red zone so mm-hmm. you know that's been a second focus for us this year is trying to find out like for me offensively is trying to get you know we have a great kicker um uh you know that helps alleviate mm-hmm. some of that but you know last year against Fort Hill Maryland who has a great team we, we lost on a two-point conversion um mm-hmm. you know we we struggled in the red zone at times we had um 13 times we got inside the 20 where we didn't score a touchdown mm-hmm. and, and you know we either settled for a field goal um or went for it on fourth down and didn't succeed so mm-hmm. uh, those are the red zone has been something that we're we spend some more time on here. We have a mini camp actually started today. We're going to run uh, this voluntary skills and drills mini camp this week, Monday through Thursday. That's awesome. How many of those do you get in the state of Pennsylvania? Well, everything is voluntary up until August eighth. So you know we can we we can offer as many um, open gyms or whatever. Mm. You're limited to three days a week, two hours. Okay. The weight room and stuff like that doesn't doesn't count. So, right. you know, we can get out an hour, three days a week in the summer, and we have seven on sevens and different things like that. But there's no rules as to, and we're not in helmets or anything. We're just shorts, t-shirts, cleats. Sure. Um, doing this just skill development mostly and install a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Coach, that's awesome. Coach, as we we land the plane on this on this podcast, I would love some wisdom about time management. You're the head football coach. You're the athletic director. How do you do that? I can barely do the football coach thing. Yeah, I got four children, uh, three teenagers too. So. Yeah, so how do you do it's that? It's pretty wild. Well, number one, my wife is a saint. Like I know she's going straight up without without anything, uh, any questions asked, that's for sure. No purgatory uh, is what you're saying, Coach? Yeah, so, about it. so uh, yeah, with the four children, my daughter's a senior, my son's a 10th grade who just qualified for the state track meet uh, mm-hmm. that goes on Friday in the triple jump, which is awesome. Um, I've got an eighth grade son, and uh, they'll both be in my program this year, both both boys. So that's going to, you know, be be rewarding for me. Uh, they've always been with me on the sidelines since third, fourth grade. So, you know, it's cool to have them both there together. Um, time management wise, like support, like I said, mentioned my wife, um, Mary Sourland in the athletic office here. She's by far the best. She's, she's the best uh, there is. She helps me with a lot of things. You know, when I was at Corey, I had great support with administration, principal assistant, principal superintendent, you know, all those things. And, you know, just, just being there for people a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm a planner, like I'm a lister. I have, I have things on my list. Okay. Here's my list, but you know, these three things are going to get done today, no matter what, how long it takes to do. Um, you know, so I think planning wise, you know, they're having, having those things, not, uh, you know, sometimes the phone's been, you know, I know people don't like the phone cause they're on it a lot, but I'm on it a lot, but you know, I'm talking into my phone or typing into my phone a lot because I keep the notes constantly mm. in there in my note. Um, every day I have a note list that I that I go to, um, you know, on top of that, doing some of the things I do with the state association. We're running two all-star games this weekend uh, with the Big 33 and the East-West all-star games of this weekend. So there'll be a little bit less off my plate after this weekend to do. But, uh, you know, I enjoy every every moment of it. Um, you know, my, my gifts, uh, in life, uh, God given abilities is administration, um, and coaching and, and helps, um, the gift of helps, which is, you know, I feel coaching is a gift of helps using that. And, you know, there, 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 I, I enjoy it, whether it's a good problem or a bad problem. Um, you know, I learned to be content in every situation, you know, and I, and I just, uh, have trained myself, I guess, to be that way over the years um because if not you drive yourself nuts trying to do this yeah yeah coach that is beautiful wisdom thank you for doing that and thank you for your time this has been awesome i i really enjoyed texting with you and uh get to know you and i'll definitely be following your program yeah i appreciate it and good luck to you guys as well i love listening to your podcast i like i told you i drove down to philadelphia that day and uh you were sending me messages and I, i listened to quite a bit quite a bit but i'm still trying to try to get one a day in well man thank you coach that is that is far too kind thank you for doing that yeah no problem